President Donald Trump has a substantial lead in the early goings of the race for the Republican nomination. But Trump is doing some things that may pretend a loss of support among the traditional and evangelical conservative voters who put him over the top in the 2016 presidential election. On this week's episode 148 of the Liberty Cafe, we'll talk about whether Trump is turning into a rhino and whether that might cost him critical support among conservatives. Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and welcome to the Liberty Cafe. It's really a blessing to have you here with me, and also a blessing, and I'm very grateful for the fact that Texas Scorecard sponsors the Liberty Cafe. So please go over to texasscorecard.com. Look and see all the great articles they have, the information about Texas government, about local governments, about oppression, and about liberty here in Texas, and the other podcasts as well, and, and find out what you can do to join in the fight for liberty or increase your involvement in the fight for liberty here in Texas and around the world. So I want to talk about President Trump here, Donald Trump. You may have seen, you probably have seen if you're listening to this podcast, a rather provocative title, whether... Trump is turning rhino. I think in one sense that that Donald Trump will never be a rhino because he's just too far outside the culture of the Beltway. But there are some things, I think, that ultimately, as, as voters look at him, that are kind of concerning about some of the things he's been saying of late. So we're going to look at some of those today. But before we do that, let me just go back a little bit to 2016. I did not vote for Donald Trump in 2016, either in the primary or in the general election. And there were really three reasons for that. One, I was a big supporter of Ted Cruz. I I thought he would make an excellent president. I think he still would make an excellent president. But then back in 2016, the, the second reason I didn't vote for Trump, because I just didn't believe what he said. There was nothing, he was saying some good things. I mean, he said some things I didn't agree with as well, but when it came to public policies, he said a lot of really good things. And, and of course, one of those was he said and gave us a list of the pretty conservative people, judges, that he would appoint as judges when he became president of the United States. But I didn't trust that he would do anything, what he said. You know, first of all, he's running for an office, and but everything he said he would do didn't comport with the things he had said he believed in in the years prior to this. So I had, there was absolutely no reason in my mind to believe what he said. And that really was the the primary stuff that I was dealing with there. Then we get to the general election, and that that second um, reason fell over. I still didn't believe what he was going to say. And then the thing that kind of sealed the deal for me was all the establishment Republicans started telling me, that I had to vote for Donald Trump. And you may recall that all these establishment Republicans hated Donald Trump. Matter of fact, the reason I think that Trump won the nomination in 2016 is because they hated him, but in some ways they hated Ted Cruz even more. And when it became obvious that Ted Cruz was the only person in the race that had a chance of beating Donald Trump, 
the establishment Republicans still wouldn't turn to Ted Cruz because he was truly a conservative. And nobody knew quite at that time what Donald Trump was, but he wasn't a solid 100% conservative like Ted Cruz. And they hated conservatism so much, the establishment Republicans, the rhinos wouldn't go to him. And so all of a sudden we get to the general election and they're telling me I have to vote for Donald Trump. Well, I think they're having me to tell me that so they can they can stay in power for one thing, but then they figure they can manipulate Trump into doing what they want him to do. And so I, I didn't want to hear what they had to say to me. So I didn't vote for Trump. I wrote in Ted Cruz on that. But then this really amazing, surprising thing happened. Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, and he actually did basically what he said he would do. I mean, it, it just, it, it was astounding. And I think he's done that better than any president since Ronald Reagan. When we voted for Ronald Reagan, we knew who we were getting. Now, he he wasn't perfect and he had some issues, but you knew his thrust and he stuck, stuck with that thrust and his conservatism all the way throughout the presidency. Well, Donald Trump stuck with basically what he said he's going to do in just a few examples. I mean, you know, he... He started reforming the EPA and unwinding, like, really decades of policies of this nature worship that had just um, filled this really awful federal agency. Uh, he made changes to immigration policy designed to protect and secure our borders. You, you know, we're getting hundreds of thousands, you know, of folks coming across the border sometimes today. Back, there was one point towards the end of the Trump's presidency, when he really got on this, only 9,000 people were encountered coming across the border by the Border Patrol. I mean, nothing compared to what we see today. And how did he do that? He put a lot of significant moral and, and economic pressure on Mexico, and they basically stopped people from getting to our border. Then he, then he really worked with Congress to reduce taxes. I, I know the, the tax package they past wasn't perfect, but it did cut the burden of taxation on the American public. He, he significantly decreased uh, regulations on the economy and particularly the labor markets and, and really helped through that and, and the tax measures and other things to really rebound the American economy and bring it to life and provide jobs in, in a sense really that we haven't seen ever in modern history. I mean, black unemployment was down to, I can't remember, was it four or five percent? We've never seen that those kind of levels before. It, it was amazing. We, we see some of those levels today, but it's not because all these people are unemployed. It's because they stopped looking for work, and so they take them off the, the employment rolls, and they don't count on the statistics anymore. And then, of course, the big thing that Trump did was he followed through on his promise to appoint principled conservatives to the U.S. Supreme Court. And that resulted in the overturning of probably the most egregious, evil decision, Supreme Court decision in the history of our country, Roe v. Wade and its predecessors. So I, w I was shocked. And so right as I see these things happening, I'm thinking, you know, this guy did what he told me to, and he's advancing I think he did more to advance conservative and Christian principles of government than anybody since Ronald Reagan, even though Trump really isn't uh, you know, a, 
a hardcore, in his gut kind of conservative. Now, of course, there were some things that Trump did that I didn't like. He imposed a lot of tariffs on things, and um, but you know, at least he didn't get us into a trade war. He used the threat of tariffs as often as he used the uh, tariffs themselves, and I think he did a lot of that effectively, but I think tariffs are really bad, and he put some on us. He, he supported and, and pushed and, and helped pass the, that really expensive, awful infrastructure stimulus package. And I can't remember the names and the details at this point, but it was really bad. He, uh, he gave a bunch of subsidies to uh, uh, billions of dollars of subsidies to multi-billion dollar coal generators to help increase their profits. And, but that, that's not the way you solve the problem with coal. You, you reduce the regulations on coal and make it less expensive to generate it. You don't give them a lot of our money. That was another thing he did. And then um, and then I think the one thing he did, which was bad, I think he, you know, the, he joined in with a lot of the folks in the swamp and kind of helped undermine the repeal of Obamacare because even though Republicans had been pushing for that ever since it was passed, once they got the controls of power in those first two years of the uh, Trump administration, they failed to repeal it, and I think Trump had a part in that. But, you know, even the question, the things that I d liked and then I don't like, basically, they were still the things that he said he would do, or that we could at least expect from him based on what he had said about himself. So, in other words, he was doing the things he was doing because he said he would. So that's pretty good. And so because of that, and because of he did a lot of really good conservative things that, that promoted Christian and even biblical a biblical worldview, I voted for him. Which is kind of interesting because, you know, at the time, you know, and still today, people call him a liar. And I'm not saying that Donald Trump always tells the truth. But on the important political and policy issues that came with his job— he told us basically the truth, unlike, let's say, George H.W. Bush, who ran on the singular promise, and maybe won on the singular pro promise, read my lips, no new taxes. Essentially, George Bush lied to every single American because two year, within two years, he was back raising our taxes. And though... We kind of ignore that as far as calling people liars, but I think it's it's particularly true. We see a lot of politicians who say they're conservatives to get elected, and then they do stuff that a conservative wouldn't do. That was not Donald Trump. And so I voted for him for that reason. And then um, also, the second reason I voted for him in 2020 was because he proved that in a lot of instances, he would fight against many of the institutions that are assaulting the liberties of Americans. He doesn't do that perfectly, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But he was a fighter, and was advancing conservative causes, and he did what he said he would do. So I voted for Trump in that reason, for those reasons. So let's move forward to today. Why, why would I even think about calling or suggesting that Donald Trump might be a rhino or at least heading in that direction? Well, it gets back to what I just said about him. So when it comes to Trump, you know, unlike with other politicians, I, I have no reason to believe that he won't do the things in his next term as presidency, if he wins, that he's telling us he'll do today. 
And that's kind of what scares me. If you look at some of the things that he is pushing today, it, it it's really scary. And let's just look at a few of those. Here's one he tweeted this out, I think. He said, unlike the sanctimonious, I will always protect Medicare and I will always protect Social Security. Well, that's a bad thing from my perspective. We shouldn't have Medicare. We shouldn't have Social Security. You know, we, people should be able to get medical care. People should be able to have security in their old age. But the federal government supplying that for us is not the way to do it. And it has done great harm. Both of those programs have done great harm to our country and to, our, to the sovereignty of the states and to just the sovereignty of individuals and families in areas that they are supposed to be providing for. And I'm sure Trump is just pandering for votes in that, and I don't like it. Uh, he can really continues to stand by the, the work of Operation Warp Speed, which is the project that brought us the COVID, COVID vaccine. Now, you know, if he was going to push through a vaccine, getting rid of some of the really arduous and bad procedures that the FDA requires people to go through would be a good idea. We get It costs billions and billions of dollars to develop drugs today, just a single drug. And a lot of that is not because it's that expensive to develop the drug. It's that expensive to go through the FDA approval process. So if he could have removed some of those, which I think partly what he did, that'd be great. But then he winds up paying for all this development. And basically it just becomes into, I don't know the dollar figures, but it seems like to me that Operation Warp Speed was, you know, or let me put it this way, Obamacare was probably peanuts and change to the amount of money that pharmaceuticals got compared to Operation Warp Speed and what has happened subsequently on that. I think that's a bad thing. And he won't renounce that. Same thing, he really won't renounce his, his errors when it comes to Fauci and COVID, or not renounce them maybe, just admit them and say, look, I made a mistake. He doesn't seem very good at admitting when he makes mistakes, but that is one area that he really should because I think that's a big area of concern for a lot of his base. Um, he, he's, I saw something a few weeks ago that he's apparently discussing a plan or was discussing a plan to enact a universal baseline tariff on virtually all imports into the United States. I mean, that is just really, really bad. There's two reasons, because it, it reduces trade. Anytime you reduce trade, buying and selling of products, it reduces economic growth. That's exactly what this would do. One of the reasons we fell into the depths of the Great Depression back in the 30s was because of universal tariffs, basically, uh, put on during the Herbert Hoover administration. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to see a repeat of that. And then, the, of course, the other thing it does is that it just brings more income to the United States government because those tariffs go to the United States government and they get to spend it, both things. And then there's also this problem with Trump listening to uh, the wrong people. You know, For instance, he endorsed Greg Abbott in the 2022 Texas Republican primary. For a guy who's supposed to be fighting against establishment insiders, I think that was the wrong endorsement to make. And then he went along and applauded the very flawed property tax plan adopted by the Texas legislature this year and the politicians who pushed for it, like Dan Patrick. Right. 
And, and so if, if Trump pushes the policies and the people he is supporting as candidates in his next administration, like he's talking about now, then I think his next administration would be a mess. In fact, I would say that it, it would look just about like every Republican administration since the Reagan administration. It, it might, you know, even not, I'm sure, it, I don't think it would look as good as his first administration did. And, and we can see, we can even though see some problems, as good as his first administration was, and I think it was very good, there were some hints of these, you know, upcoming problems we might see in a second Trump administration. First of all, he, he relied on the Republican establishment really from the very beginning to the very end of his term. I mean, from, from Reince Priebus to Anthony Fauci, his, his administration was often staffed with Beltway establishment types. I mean, Trump gave us Christopher Wray, the really bad director of the um, FBI. He gave us Mark Milley, the really bad chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staffs. He gave us William Barr, who's not anywhere near as bad as those guys, but he, he failed to prosecute, not necessarily people, but prosecute to the end the, in its fullness the, the problems that all came with the um, Russiagate and all those kinds of things. So that leaves us, well, what's the alternative here? Well, when it comes to the Republican primary, really no one excites me. I think the, the strongest person, the, the closest person to being a strong candidate is DeSantis. But, but the problem with him is, I think the handlers got a hold of him, maybe, because as soon as he became a presidential candidate, he seemed to lose his fight, his will to fight. He'd been doing some great things before that. And, and so I don't really think, other than DeSantis, that there's really anywhere for conservatives to go, except for him. Maybe Tim Scott, but he doesn't seem to be much of a Scott uh, fighter either. But he does seem to be fairly conservative. But again, a lot of times you get these people in in Washington and their conservatism is overwhelmed by the beltway. That's my fear. And that's really my fear with Donald Trump. And he doesn't have much, a lot of conservatism to start with. So I highly doubt I'm going to vote for Trump in the primary. Because, again, what he's telling me now is that he's not going to be a whole lot different than the typical Republican nominees we've seen since 1988. I know I could be wrong on this, but again, Trump tends to do what he says he's going to do. I admire that in him, but it could be a problem if he continues to do what he's talking about doing now. Now, all that being said, if he wins the nomination, I will absolutely vote for him. In, in 2016, it really wasn't clear if Trump was going to be any better than Hillary. But today, with his four years of experience in his administration, I, I can say there is no doubt that a second Trump term would be better than anything the Democrats can offer for us. In fact, to be honest, I think he's better. it would be better than most what most of his GOP rivals for the nomination would give us, except perhaps for DeSantis and Scott. Well, thank you very much again for joining with me on this episode of the Liberty Cafe. And thanks also to the sponsors of the Liberty Cafe, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.